Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-funded, crowd-driven feature where we answer your questions about history, economics, political philosophy, culture, philosophy, all those things that matter to us in our common life as citizens. And today's question comes from Jeff and he asks, when does the authority of regulations made under the provisions of an act exceed the authority of the act itself? And he makes particular reference to Ontario and to the fact that conservation authorities often make detailed rules on matters that don't seem to be specified in the act. But it's a far more important question than that and it goes far deeper. So thanks for asking it. I was really alerted to this because somebody at one point wrote to me and said, oh, you really ought to read uh, the book, The New Despotism by Lord Hewitt of Berry. I think that pronounced that right. Uh, who was a top British jurist at the time and wrote in the 1920s a scathing attack on the tendency of legislation to empower the minister or even the minister's subordinates to, by regulation, amend the wording of the original act. And this power has been used widely, but mostly for fairly unambitious purposes. It has alarmed some people and not others, but among those who it has alarmed, these clauses have been called Henry VIII clauses because of the fact that back in 1539, Henry VIII, perhaps the scariest monarch in English history, and there's some competition for that title, ordered Parliament to pass an act saying that his word had the force of law. The very same thing, as I note in our documentary on Magna Carta, our shared legacy of liberty, that had gotten Richard II deposed, after which he mysteriously turned up dead several centuries earlier. Richard, among his many other failings, had said, the law is in my mouth. And he found himself swiftly and determinedly silenced. But when Henry ordered Parliament to do this, they did it only adding the proviso that he could not legislate by simple enactment anything that infringed on their traditional liberties. It was now you see it, now you don't, even to Henry VIII. And that was very important because essentially what Henry was trying to do was give the executive branch the power to legislate. And the legislature, the one branch of government chosen by the citizens, refused to give it even to him, even under those very difficult circumstances. So why do we have so much of it today? And the answer is threefold. First of all, most of the time, what the legislature is doing is simply giving the bureaucracy the power to fill out the details rather than to usurp a really direct legislative function. And they're doing this, this is the second point, because government has become so big and complicated that the legislatures couldn't possibly pass all those things that the executive branch is now doing for, or one might say, to us. But the third critical point here is that most of the time these so-called Henry VIII clauses do not confer the power that so alarmed the author of the New Despotism. That is to say the power by regulation to amend the terms of the original act. Now that's a really scary power because if a minister is given power to amend the act to remove difficulties and often in um, Lord Hewitt's day it was very, very broad and very vague, then they could simply amend the act to say the minister may now do anything he wants. And that would have led to a contest of will unbounded by legalities. Of course, ministers have generally not been so foolish, partly because legislatures have become so supine that it's hardly necessary. 
But the power to make detailed regulations where the legislation is vague is a lot less ominous than the power to amend the legislation itself, to give yourself new powers that the legislature did not give you. I think were such a thing to happen, there would, even in Canada, where we worry a lot less about this than they do even in Britain, where they worry less about it than the United States, I think there would be such an outcry that, on the whole, when giving themselves new alarming powers, prime ministers and premiers will take the route of going through parliament. That doesn't make it a good thing. We still need to fight it. But by and large, that's done by statutory instrument. So what about when the bureaucracy simply runs amok and buries you in regulations? Well, on the face of it, and they would say this, look, there are a lot of rules that have to be made. You can't ask the legislature to do it all. Within our documentary, True, Strong and Free, about amending the Constitution, we did precisely that. We said legislators should have to take ownership of the sheer volume of rules under which we are drowning. Even if they just rubber stamped it, having to put it on their desk and say aye to it, thousands and thousands of pages of it, would give them an alarming sense of just how much government does. But in a more fundamental way, the problem here is that the legislature has delegated this power to the executive because government has gotten too big. It is doing far too much to us. It is imposing such a mass of petty regulations that it is stifling initiative and sapping our will as Tocqueville warned that it would. And it's doing it all on the presumption that we are incompetent vandals who, if not minutely regulated, would do things that were either harmful to others or dangerous to ourselves. And that is not the way that Canadians are. We are a free people and we are a competent people. And we need to get this back. So we need to rein in even the delegation to the executive of the right to expand the scope of the legislation in minute ways. To say nothing of the real Henry VIII clauses that allow the executive to change the law that gave them the power to act in the first place. So Jeff... The short answer to your question, when do the regulations exceed the authority of the Act, they do it virtually all the time. They do it constantly. And it's a bad thing based on a bad understanding of government. It doesn't rise to the level of a coup d'etat, but it does rise to the level of sapping the foundations of our constitutional liberty. And thus, by lawful means, we need to take it back. If you're enjoying Ask the Professor and you'd like to ask a question, this URL will tell you how to do it. If you want to support this on my other work, click here go to my website and make a one-time or monthly pledge. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.